0: Welcome back to Beyond Well, I'm Sheila Hamilton. I am so thrilled to introduce today's guest, who's here to help us traverse the wild ride of unemployment. Exceptional, accessible, and easy to deploy career guidance is super scarce in today's professional world. And that's tough if you're dying to land a good job or shift into a new role or industry, especially now with so many people losing employment to COVID-19. But this amazing woman started her own business from a simple belief. It shouldn't be so hard or confusing to navigate job search, land a promotion, or venture off onto an exhilarating new career path. Please welcome career coach and founder and CEO of JobJenny.com, Jenny Foss.
1: Hello, Sheila. How are you?
0: So I want to start with you and go back to your early 20s. And you're at college out somewhere in Michigan. And you're like so many of us with big dreams. And those big dreams did not turn out.
1: <laughs> they start did there.
0: Not. I
1: didn't at first, that's for sure. So I, I graduated from Michigan State University, go Spartans, and I had always been a really good student. And so I was in journalism school thinking, the world is my oyster, right? And I graduated at a time when the economy was not so favorable for these ideas that I had and these big dreams. And as you, I'm sure know, broadcasting and journalism, are not, not super easy industries to break into. So I found myself graduating from college and all my friends around me were landing these jobs that they were all excited about, but good old Jenny Foss couldn't find a job. And when I finally found a job, it was at a newspaper, a teeny tiny little weekly newspaper in a town called Marine City, Michigan. And I had the great pleasure of driving 50 miles each way to my little tiny newspaper um, in Marine City as a reporter that that wasn't exactly the plan. Did it end
0: up helping you when you finally decided to leave that, that even those false starts can kind of teach you something about yourself?
1: Oh, yeah, for sure. Well, here's the the continuation of this grand story was about six or eight months into it, we had a downsizing and, and I was laid off. And for somebody who was quite used to performing well, this was a huge blow, a very huge blow. And... I sat there for a while and kind of licked my wounds and tried to process what was happening and suddenly it occurred to me that the the publishing company that ran this little tiny weekly newspaper they also owned the Daily Newspaper in my hometown.
0: Super cool. And so
1: I don't know how I got the the nerve up, but as they're processing my paperwork and and shoving me out the door, I asked, well, would it be possible for me to have a job over there at this Daily Newspaper? I honestly don't even know how I pulled it off, but they kind of made a junior reporting position for me at the daily newspaper, three minutes away from my home. And I ended up having a, a wonderful start, kind of after the false start, to to a career in journalism which evolved into PR, marketing, recruiting, and then ultimately to where I am today. So Here you yeah. are.
0: That's a fabulous story. I, I was really surprised to learn that you deal with anxiety.
1: Yes, my lifelong friend. Wow. So, <laughs> so could you
0: describe sort of how it comes up for you as a professional dealing with anxiety, especially in times like this?
1: You know, it's interesting if you're talking about COVID specifically, I think some of us who have anxiety, it's almost like... We've been preparing for this moment our whole life. We're
0: pros at (laughs) this. Come on into the big tent, right?
1: I've actually done very well through COVID in that regard. But certainly over the course of my career so far, there have absolutely been waves where, you know, I have to find those calming mechanisms and find the relief that I know is out there if I work at it. But- Absolutely. My, my buddy anxiety has, has been a blessing and a curse throughout my career.
0: <laughs> oh, man, I hear that from so many people. So I wanted to talk a little bit more about these twists and turns throughout your career. And one sure. of those major moments was you're a young single mom, have this baby, you know, like most moms, you've got to have more flexibility. You've got to have like a better financial kind of outlook. And I want you to talk in detail, if you could, about the gritty details that got us there.
1: Wow. Yes. The 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 walk back down memory lane today. Um, <laughs> was. I, I was a single mom with a baby. And at the, that time, I had transitioned my career into recruiting. So I'm working at a, a pretty demanding recruiting agency at this time, trying to kind of piece together, like, how do I do this? Mm-hmm. How do I learn how to be a good mom? How do I fulfill all the obligations I have at my job and, and perform well, because as a recruiter, you're only making money if you're performing well. Yeah. And I finally realized that I needed another option. I decided to spin out and start my own recruiting agency from home. Mm. So I took a, a a home equity line of credit out on my house that would keep us afloat for about six months. And I said, If I can't make it in six months, I'm going to have to find plan C, but very fortunately plan B worked and I have been an entrepreneur ever since. And that's been about 15 years.
0: Wow. That's so cool. I love also how it was so, the decision was so grounded in your values. You know, it's a really good example of how people can start making these decisions for themselves. I love it. So I I, want to go back to where, you know, you have to have this inciting incident to go out into the wild, to find all the lessons that you need to find. And, And there is that moment where it's like, no matter how terrified I am, I've got to go out and see what's on the other side of this. So what was your inciting incident to start JobJenny.com?
1: So I had been doing my own recruiting work for, for a couple of years. This is around the time that the U.S. economy started to really fall apart. All of the sudden, my friends who were in these great jobs started getting laid off and people were calling me and saying, I need help, I need advice, I need a new resume. And when you're a recruiter... You are literally only making money when you are closing deals, which Mm. means filling open positions for your clients. And so my heart was just breaking for all of these people that needed help, but it was really hard for me to spend a lot of time on it because the time spent with them was time I was not earning an income. And so Mm. all of a sudden I thought, wouldn't it be great if I could create a place where people could come and go get information and help and motivation through my blog posts and my tips and and things like that. And, oh, by the way, maybe I'll add a resume service and maybe uh, an option to buy some consulting from me. Hmm. And so really it was originally intended, Sheila, to be like a little sideline where I was just kind of helping people. So cool. I had no idea how quickly it would take off. We've we've kind of evolved in, in, in the years that followed to the vast majority of my work today is the work I do with Job Jenny.
0: Oh, that's so cool. And your team kind of offers a range of services to help people sort of expand yeah. their careers, but in what specific ways can you help people who are going through unemployment?
1: Well, that's a great question because certainly we have offerings that are paid, consultative, resume writing services. But throughout the whole time I've had jobjenny.com, I've prioritized providing all kinds of free support, whether that's articles through the blog or doing free video sessions, plenty of pro bono. So so really always have tried to offer guidance even to those who either aren't inclined to or simply don't have the funds to make that investment in our our actual services.
0: So when people lose jobs, I know I've lost jobs before. And the first thing that hits me is that first of all, the shock and then the denial and then the anger. And I was likening it to the five stages of grief. (laughs) So how can you help people who are still in this process of confusion and and anger actually prepare themselves psychologically to try to get yourself back out there and get another job.
1: Right. Yes. And, and that's so important, at least in some semblance be in the frame of mind where this is going to be a productive and ultimately successful event. Yeah. If you have even a week or two after you've been laid off or fired or furloughed, If you can allow yourself that time that it really does take to process the just flood of emotions that you're going to experience, sadness, depression, anger, Mm -hmm. trying to bargain, you're going to be in a much better frame of mind to think calmly and strategically through the game plan mm. what do i want next how am i going to go about this i think that if you take the time on the front end y- you will very likely be able to accelerate the time on the on the back end certainly when you're upset or angry or panicked it will come through to, to those making decisions about you when it comes to interviewing and landing a job.
0: Yeah, no doubt. I mean, I mean, I actually remember as a supervisor who was hiring someone, interviewing a person who had just lost a job and she just went on and on about how filthy her former employers were. And it was so shocking and kind of upsetting for me to hear her talking like that. I was just like, you're not ready. And it reminded me of when people are like jumping back into the dating pool after a divorce, like a little bit of psychological preparation. Always good, you know? Well, good. Yeah.
1: If you don't want to do what do they call it in relationships? What is the the person that you bounce? A rebound. A rebound. <laughs> you
0: yeah, you don't a want a rebound job.
1: job. You know? <laughs>
0: You want to actually think about your values and what you really want, as you did. Right. So have you ever bumped into the scenario where people are super demanding, even when there are fewer <laughs> jobs? Like, um, I'm only going to take this job if I get my goat yoga break. Um, you know, like, uh, that's absurd, uh, that's But, crazy. but to the point, have you
1: heard requests like that? I have often over the years encountered people who I call them WIFMs. And what that means is what's in it for me. So a WIFM is somebody who starts the interview process and immediately launches into questions of the, of the employer, like, what are the benefits? What is my vacation time? Do I get a bonus? <laughs> so that you don't want to be, because in those early stages of the interview process, the employer cares much more about what you can bring to them than what you want out of the deal. Certainly Mm. they're going to care a lot about that as you go, but absolutely I wouldn't bust that out in the first conversation. Um, But in terms of an example of something extreme that someone has expected or wanted me as a recruiter to ask for, I remember I worked with somebody who worked in tech he was very accustomed to the snacks and meals and all the little extra frills that were at his... The (laughs) bus that shuttles them
0: out to the farm every day. Uh What time will they be picking me up? I get that.
1: So apparently they had the coffee lady at his job, who was this woman that had this coffee cart that made all these elaborate drinks and things. And he wanted to really explore in the interview, like what kinds of perks like that are available? Do you have a coffee lady? And I was like, we got to not do the coffee. Grande
0: or Vente? how many snacks can I take home in my pants? I get oh, that. I get gosh. that. That's hilarious. Yeah. Oh, I heard that this was so moving to me that you're actually helping out a houseless family right now, Jenny. Tell me about that.
1: Oh my gosh, they're such an amazing little family. So yes, they um, have overcome some excruciatingly difficult circumstances, the, the two adults, um, uh, family members with, with drug addiction, trauma, they together kind of made a plan that they have two small kids now and we're going to rise above this. And so I bumped into the husband serendipitously through, you know, that app called Nextdoor. That yeah. Nextdoor. <laughs> so, of course. Yeah. He had posted something. He was looking for some returnables um, and I had a whole garage full. So I got in touch with him. I, I drove my bags of returnables over and then we got to talking and it became clear to me that there were a lot of other ways that they could use support. But what really impressed me the most was how positive and motivated just um, awesome this couple Mm. was and and both were trying to better he was trying to find a job he lost his job through COVID and she is we'll call it underemployed Mm. and so I've been working with them on getting their resumes ready, sharing some thoughts around their interview process, um, helping just recently him negotiate on his salary. He's, He's in process of landing a new job. It's been a really amazing experience, and they're they're doing great. I'm getting like teary just thinking about it. I'm so thrilled to see their progress.
0: Oh, man, that's such a cool story. I also think that it really speaks to your ability to see humans as humans, regardless of what their work for the moment is, you know? Absolutely. And it reminds me that as Americans, we're so tied up in our identity as what do you do? You know, it's the first oh. thing people ask you at a party. And I think that that's probably one of the hardest things for people when when they lose a job or, or even when they're laid off and furloughed. So as a career coach who helps people think about reinventing themselves, what kind of pep talk could you give those people who who have really thought less of themselves because they're not employed?
1: Well, very gratefully, not many of us are going to cocktail parties. So you don't even have to have that conversation. <laughs> <laughs> But in all seriousness, you are correct. We we tie so much of our identity to our vocations. And and when we lose those vocations or the job at least temporarily, it can be a devastating blow to your sense of self-worth. And so I really encourage people to to think beyond Who am I vocationally when you're in a situation like that? We are so many other things as humans. We are parents. We are friends. We are, we've got hobbies that were maybe talented artists or or knitters or whatever. Really maybe writing down some of those things that you are other than a career coach, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I think will will be a great exercise for anybody who is maybe feeling like i'm I'm not enough because every one of us, we're 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 absolutely enough and and we're not one-dimensional in that definition of who you are being what you do.
0: I love that, Jenny. And I'd also just add that I think it's one of the great challenges to work on who we are outside of our work when we're employed. You know, who am I beyond this job? What do I give to my community? What do I give to my friends? What do I give to my parents? Who am I as a person if I didn't have this job? Because it really sets you up to be able to answer that question, you know? So one of the things I love about talking to you is you just have this lightness about you. And I can imagine that even when you were going through your most difficult times that you still use levity.
1: I do. and Actually, that's a big part of of the brand, if you will, of Job Jenny, where I am very serious about what I do. I committed to genuinely helping every single person that comes into our fold. But I also realized that job search for most people under even the best of circumstances is a really overwhelming and mm. unenjoyable process. Yeah. So I work incredibly hard to find ways to infuse appropriate levity and, and help make the mood a little lighter, even yeah. if we're going through some, some heavy stuff. And I do that at home too.
0: You just wrote a a really great blog post that I think um, contains five super helpful tips for people who are traversing unemployment. It's called Think Big About Your Future in spite of what's happening now. Could, Could you talk about those five tips?
1: Sure. Yeah. These are important ones for us right now. So number one is be comfortable with the uncomfortable. We are in an uncomfortable period of mm. um, time here. There is no doubt about it. And, and we probably will continue to be for a while. So the magic is in digesting the reality of this and just allowing yourself to settle into it. Becoming comfortable with the uncomfortable will get you so far, not even you know, just through COVID, but through every difficult situation. Um, number two is believe that something great is possible, believe that it's possible. We all have people all around us. If we have new career ideas, if we're pursuing something, we all have people who, even if they have the best intentions, they're going to tell us, you know, oh, that's not not possible. You should do X and Y instead. Well, if you have a dream or a goal that you really want to bring to fruition and you feel that it is possible, you gotta believe in yourself that it is in fact possible. So number three on that, uh, in that blog post is, be relentless and resourceful. There has not been a better time in my lifetime, professionally, where relentlessness and resourcefulness, I will say even maybe scrappiness, (laughs) will come in handy as you navigate job search. So instead of doing the same old, same old that everybody competing with you is doing, What are some ways that you can kind of strategize around the the game, uh, legal and ethical, of course, and maybe find your way to some of those opportunities faster or more efficiently? Um, Number four that I would suggest to people is be someone that other people want to root for. It's very easy, I think, to to let all of this get to you and start being crabby and snappy and blue and kind of the sad sack that people don't want to be around, no less help. Yeah. But, and this goes back to the family that I'm helping, something that really makes me gravitate to them is they are absolutely people that I am rooting for. Mm. And so find ways to... to be positive and forward-looking. And I know this is, it's not just me sitting here saying, oh, just go be positive because I, I know it's a lot to muster when when you're really stressed out. But if you're grumpy or difficult or, or someone completely unenjoyable to talk with or be around, it's gonna be a lot harder to get people to root for you and help you along. And then the fifth one is take one small deliberate step every single day every day Hmm. even when you have a headache even when you got to run your kids around town even when you got to go clean up the dog poop in the backyard and you've got tons of laundry to do it's not about making one big bound a lot of the times between i'm not successful with job search and i am it's making those small deposits every day that are going to inch you toward what you're aiming for Mm. and so if if you can kind of view it in that mindset it'll feel less overwhelming for one because you don't have to you know jump all the way across the pond in one leap but but taking those small steps toward your goal every day i
0: love that because depression and anxiety hate a moving target so that one (laughs) that last one's super good jenny i hope i never need your services but if i do i'm coming to you
1: come on in
0: If you enjoy the program, please give us a thumbs up wherever you listen to podcasts. And we're so grateful for our sponsors. You can find out all about that at beyondwellwithsheelahamilton.com. Make it a great day.